I wonder what you had for breakfast. Anybody? Tea. tea. Just tea. Oh my gosh, you're definitely going to need to eat soon, Sally. Any, anybody else? Uh, nice. That's a lot of sugar. You're definitely going to need to eat soon as well. Um, excellent. A lot of toast. Oh, actually, we're definitely not a low-carb congregation here, are we? Um, pardon? Ooh, very Atkins friendly. Excellent. So I wonder what you ate for lunch yesterday. Do you remember? Okay, excellent. Sally, you've been the first every time. I should have a prize. Uh, maybe a little bit harder for people to remember what they had for lunch. What about, no, <laughs> Jane, you're shaking your head, no. Excellent. <laughs> a woman after my own heart. Food is one of my favorite subjects, so we might be here for some time. Um, what about for dinner two and a half weeks ago? No? <laughs> Pizza. <laughs> is that just every night? Yeah, okay. Well, that makes it easier. But... What's pretty sure is that you have been eating fairly regularly from two and a half weeks ago till now. Because if you hadn't been, we'd probably know. You'd probably be very ill. Um, I know we were thinking last week about Jesus fasting for 40 days, but uh, that's extreme. I know it's Lent. We have been eating. Food is absolutely necessary for humans. We all need it in order to live. I mean, that's fairly basic, isn't it? a basic statement. And of course, that is one of the reasons why Jesus described himself as bread. But before we go on to that, I want to say, basically, this passage, ew. Yeah, it's pretty awful. And it actually reminds me very much of a film that Will and I went to see last night, which I watched about half of it through my hands. It's called The Revenant. Oh my goodness, there is a lot of eating like bloody bits of meat. Um, Pretty gross, like raw bison, anything. This guy will eat anything that he gets his hands on because he's starving. And I just want to point out that the word, the Greek word that Jesus uses when he tells people that they have to eat him is not a polite just eat kind of word. It's more like munch or crunch, like grab a massive bit of me and yeah devour me it's really horrible and no wonder christians have been um told they've been accused of being vampires and cannibals over the years in the early church because they went on about eating jesus and drinking his blood which for the jews would have been just an awful thing especially the blood all blood had to be drained out of the meat and still does under jewish law before you can eat it It's like halal. And those people who didn't understand what Jesus was saying when he said, I am the living bread and you have to eat me, they were probably the people who knew the scriptures better than anybody else. Yet, when they had the living bread in front of them, they didn't recognize him. They knew the scriptures backwards and forwards. They would have had to memorize the scriptures, the, the first five books of the Bible, before they were 13 in all probability. Imagine 
Having Leviticus in your memory. Wow. I'm not sure I would like that. But um, yeah, so Jesus, bread, the living bread. He was referring to himself as the staple food of the time. That is what people ate. That's what everybody ate. That's what poor people depended on because they couldn't afford anything else. Though nowadays, it doesn't mean quite so much, does it? Because we have so many options for food. I wonder what Jesus would describe himself as. The pasta of life? The couscous of life? The organic quinoa of life? I don't know. Who knows? The Atkins-friendly breakfast of life? doesn't quite have the same ring when not everybody is eating it. But I guess what Jesus is describing himself as is food. We need Jesus like we need food. We need Jesus like we need food. But the problem is we have such a weird relationship with food in our world, in the developed world. We have obesity, We have a multi-billion pound diet industry. Often, the same companies that are producing biscuits and cakes to make people fat. It is really messed up. So, it's not the bread of life. And we have eating disorders. There was a really brave article in um, last weekend's Saturday Times that I've got here. I didn't put the the picture up on the screen because it's a little bit disconcerting. Um, This is a woman who had bulimia for a long time. She suffered from bulimia, and um, since she was at boarding school, um, she used food as comfort. And of course, bulimia is something that a lot of people experience in their lives. You might have done so yourself. You might know somebody who has an eating disorder. This lady would eat so much junk in an hour. I mean, literally, packets of biscuits, um, three packets of biscuits, loads of cream cakes, a whole tray of Mr. Kipling cakes, a, a massive cake with cream poured in it, and she'd eat all of that in an hour and then just get rid of it. She'd make herself sick. And this is not about nutrition. It's about something else, something very bad. I mean, this lady did manage to get herself out of this situation, but it's, it's so difficult when you are using something like food as comfort because it's not about comfort. And the opposite, anorexia, when people choose to starve themselves in order to control just something in their world. Both of these illnesses, of course, are extreme and both are terminal, can be. There's such inequality in the world about food, isn't there? It's not, it's not that everybody has the, what they need. We've got so much here, and so many people go to bed hungry. So many people are starving. Our relationship to food is not right. And possibly we can draw a lot of parallels with our relationship to Jesus. But why do we need Jesus as much as we need food? Well, you can see in the passage, Jesus says... I am the living bread, the living bread that gives eternal life. I mean, in that, there's a story in Exodus, isn't there, about the manna that comes down from heaven, people complaining, and they need this manna to keep themselves alive. They weren't actually expecting that manna to keep them alive forever. 
They just wanted food. But Jesus is saying, more than manna, I am food that will keep you alive forever. Earthly and heavenly food at the same time. And we just can't have any real life without Jesus, however that may be. So Jesus is that living bread. But also, I want to say, we are what we eat. When you eat, there's something incredible that happens. You become, that food becomes part of you. And Jesus is saying that you will become like Jesus. And even more than that, through Jesus, we can have the same relationship with with God that Jesus has with God. Now, it, it is going to take a lifetime to try and figure out how that works, but it's wonderful. It is reason enough to need him. Like food becomes part of us and gives us energy, we need it. But we also need to learn to eat, don't we? We need to have an appetite for Jesus. And I wonder how we can do this. Sometimes we don't, we don't necessarily feel like coming to church. I, I may not be speaking out of turn when I say I don't always feel like coming to church. I don't always want to. But like food, we know that we need Jesus all the time. The people in the desert needed that manna morning and night. And they got it. It wasn't just a one-off. Though Jesus came down once for all, we need to have an ongoing relationship with him. So how can we eat Jesus? Like food, our relationship with Jesus needs to be renewed. And we need to spend time with him, basically, like any relationship. And you need to find a way that works for you. I know that recently I found it really helpful to come to Centering Prayer here at St. Stephen's on a Monday. And now during Lent, we, we have Centering Prayer on a Wednesday as well. I know that not everybody can do that, but you need to find some way that works for you just to be with Jesus. You don't need to do anything. He actually likes being in your presence. And this idea that we can become like him, it's, it's, a, it's a great thing. Also, as well as spending time with him, we need to go to communion. I've left the, the candles on here and we've just had communion at uh, the nine o'clock service. Communion, I remember going to communion when I was quite little in this tiny little church in a Nissan hut in the middle of the jungle in Malaysia that was very, very Anglican. And I remember being given one of the service books, which was just the basic service book with everything in it, and realizing that the communion service is 12 pages long. And for an eight-year-old, that is not cool. Um, And we have to do this every week. Oh, my goodness. It actually took quite a long time before I realized what, how much I loved communion. And the idea is that you have to get used to being in the moment. It is a meditation. It can be. There is something happening there. We remember what Jesus did to us. We remember that Jesus is that bread that gives us life. And of course, today we're starting our six-session um, course on the Eucharist. And if you're in a small group, you will be working through this book together. And there are lots of questions and ideas and things to do in it. Um, it's, I think it's going to be interesting. And I, I don't say that just because Danny might listen to this one day. Um, 
this is a fundamental part of what we do as Christians. And there must be some reason why the Church of England is so hung up on the Eucharist. I mean, my, a couple of churches ago, it felt like the Eucharist was like chips. You know, you have it with everything. Whatever happens, you have a Eucharist. And there's a reason why people love it. And it is good to kind of understand a little bit more about it. Even if it sometimes feels boring and rote, we need Jesus like we need food. And reminding ourselves by doing the same thing over and over can help. But it's not just a communion meal when we remember that Jesus is like food. He actually said at the Last Supper, whenever you eat, remember me. Whenever you eat. We need food. We need Jesus. We need Jesus like we need food. There are lots of ways of remembering Jesus' life and death and resurrection together while we eat. Even if it's just saying grace, saying thank you for this food. So we need to spend time with Jesus. We need to go to communion. But there is more. We've got to do something with all this food after we've eaten it. When we eat Jesus, we can't just have all of those Jesus calories sitting around in our bodies. We've got to do something with it. Do we tend to stuff ourselves full of Jesus on a Sunday and then just not bother the rest of the week? Food doesn't work like that. I don't know about you, but if I have a big meal, I want to keep on eating. Definitely. And um, anybody who works with me knows that if I don't eat regularly, I get really grumpy. So I don't know spiritually if there's some comparisons we can, we can uh, draw there. Are we like, or are we like Jesus' bulimics? We just get rid of him after we've eaten. Do we refuse to have him in our lives? Are we like spiritual anorexics? Or are we nice and sleek and fat and just lying around like my cat? doing absolutely nothing. We're, to be honest, we've all probably had a bit of each of these at certain part, times of our lives. But we do need to remember that this whole eating business is something that we have to do. We can't have other people eat for us. We can't be like little baby birds with our mouths open, waiting for people to feed us. Yes, it's wonderful to be taught the word of God. It is but this food thing is more fundamental than preaching. It really is. And nobody can teach us how to chew and digest Jesus. That is something we need to do for ourselves. So we've got to eat him ourselves. And we've got to do something. We are not the only people who need Jesus like we need food. I mean, I think it's very wonderful that a lot of our glass is clear. We can see outside to the world as we look at whoever is preaching. We are in a world full of starving people who need Jesus. We really are. If people don't know the living bread that gives eternal life, that is not full life, isn't it? That's not living life to the full. And that's not what Jesus wants. Jesus showed his disciples how to tell people about him. And then he made them go out and do it. 
And it's interesting that this passage about the bread of life is actually much longer than we read. And it comes after the um, story of the feeding of the 5,000. Jesus' massive generosity to everybody who was sitting there, independent of whether they liked him or not, whether they were listening or or not, he fed everybody. A wonderful picture. And, you know, I know it's difficult to tell people about Jesus because it it just conjures up some really cringeworthy pictures, doesn't it, about walking up to somebody and asking them if they know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. It doesn't necessarily need to be like that. You might think, yeah, Claire, it's all very well for you. You have to wear that funny color and everybody expects you to talk about Jesus. And yet they kind of do. But it's not necessarily about that. There are people here that you all know, I'm sure, who are brilliant at showing Jesus' love to others, at giving out that bread from heaven. Sometimes, literally, there's a bakery in town that does that. So go to some of those people and learn from them. We've, we've got some great teachers here. You don't all need to be J. John or Billy Graham. It's sometimes just as easy as telling your story. Because sometimes people will want you to talk about Jesus. And sometimes it is the right time to do that. So I wonder today how hungry we're all feeling. What our appetite for Jesus is. I wonder if we, we remember that time where we couldn't get enough of Jesus. But let's remember that we really do need him like we need food, even if we're not feeling that. But we can ask for Jesus to fill us with hunger for him. We all need Jesus like we need food, and that is everybody in the world. This food gives eternal life and allows us to have a relationship with God. We need to eat this food for ourselves. And that is a wonderful thing because it is as easy as eating. Jesus chose these basic symbols for a reason. He chose the symbol of bread for a reason. Food is necessary. Food is everywhere in our world. The Lord is here. His spirit is with us. And as we come to the time when we're we're, um, responding to to this message, I wonder... How is your appetite for Jesus? As ever, please ask somebody to pray for you if you would like. There are many people here who are... Actually, who's comfortable praying for other people? If you put your hands up. That's a lot of hands. So ask somebody. That's absolutely brilliant. And I, I have a wonderful loaf behind me that I got at a service station last night after that extremely stressful film. Um, thankfully I don't have a bit of raw bison that you're going to have to crunch and munch because that is too much imagery for me Uh, I suggest that as we as the band come and and play for us I'm going to hand this this bread round and uh, rip off a chunk if you'd like and eat it and remember how much you need Jesus so let's pray as the band comes up God, we thank you so much for your patience with us. We thank you for Jesus who came once for all of us. And we thank you 
that Jesus is like food. Please help us to increase our appetite for Jesus. And thank you that you will do this through your Holy Spirit. In your name, amen.